Oh, you Yeah, yeah. This is Sean Elliott, head coach of the Georgia State Football Panthers. You're listening to the Fun Belt Podcast. If you didn't know before, now you know why they call this the Fun Belt. Very excited about the Sun Belt. You know, while other conferences have been breaking up, our conference has become stronger. The state of Sun Belt football is the strongest in our history. I saw Fun Belt Conference, and I'm like, I don't know what this is, but I got to join the show. It sounded a lot of fun. Fun Belt Podcast, part of the Believe Network, Dusty Thibodeau, Warhawk Report, Shane Metlin of the Daily News Record, Jeremy Harper of Hal Razor. We've had him on before. Commissioner Keith Gill is, is going to be joining us. Oh, wait, it's not that commissioner, is it, Jeremy? Oh, no, I, I thought you meant Keith Gill. Is Keith Gill here? No, it's, oh, the, it's the bigger and yeah. better commissioner of oh. all of college football, the Sicko Committee Commish. Holy shit. <laughs> That's all I can call him. I, I can't even give him a last name. He's just going to be Commish. So, Commish, okay. welcome right. to the Fun Belt. In all of its glory, I'm you know I've 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 lived the fun belt since its inception, so I, I'm definitely glad to be here on the fun belt pod. Uh, I, I thank you for having me, and you can call me Kamish. Uh, you know you don't have to throw in the the last name, uh, the 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 made up nickname that I earned in, in my days in Monroe, Louisiana. So hey, that's a great city on the bayou. Um, these guys have never been there, and so they can't appreciate the warning signs in Westminster, Louisiana of the golden water that may be coming out of the faucets or in the toilets. I've spent a whole evening in Monroe, thank you very much, where I witnessed Tom Wopat lead a parade for something, I guess it was like a, like a Mardi Gras type parade, but he was master of ceremonies, one of the greatest dukes of all time. So don't tell me I don't know anything about Monroe. I've been to Monroe. I've been drunk in Monroe. Haven't we all? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot. (laughs) A lot of nights I probably don't remember in Monroe. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, Commission, we bring you in, though, to talk about Sunbelt. Y'all love the oddities. That is the good old fun belt. I mean, we were talking off air before we started recording. I mean, you have a 54-yard field goal that shatters the hopes and dreams of ULM against App State with Terry Bowden saying, hey, it's time. It's time to turn the page. It's time to win. How do you see the Sunbelt from the outside looking in? Man, I, it's a it's a fun conference for me. Uh, I I really enjoy watching a lot of the Sun Belt. Uh, personally, you know, I have the ULM, um, you know, 
attended school there, you know, was in Monroe for many years, maybe not, not as much as you, but, uh, my sister also, uh, graduate of Southern Miss. And so with the realignment, uh, now we have like a, a sibling rivalry inside the Sun Belt. Now it's great. Um, a lot of our committee members, we have like some ODU fans, Marshall fans. Uh, we have like uh, Georgia State, Georgia Southern fans. Uh, in in our little like Discord or Patreon, we have uh, like fans of of all like different Sun Belt teams. So there's a lot of trash talking that goes on between um, you know both sides. Uh, we really don't have too many. I don't, I don't think we have any Cajuns fans, but they they just like the the mascot name and, and peppers, but uh, you know, I, it, it, we represent the Sun Belt. The Sun Belt is, is special. It's great football. It is it, you know, I, I jokingly like to refer to it as like, uh, not necessarily like to demean it, but like the baby sec. Um, it, it, it has rivalries like that. It's like driving distances now, which is great. Uh, and the realignment kind of made it, very expansive like the sec uh is too and so it's it's just like the entire like southeastern region like stretching it, it's just so great to have the entire region that way it's just a blast to watch and and the games are are naturally insane uh most of the time and and quite uh, unpredictable for the most part i would say uh it, 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 at least this year at least uh, so far these guys don't appreciate it. I know you appreciate it. Should we not bring Idaho back into the mix? <laughs> God, no. I, I'm look. I, I'm old. All right, so I, I'm I'm on the older side of, of things here. Uh, we are. I mean, I am too. So yeah. yeah. So like, I'm I'm like early forties. So um, I was there okay, in Monroe um, when Idaho was in the Sun Belt, and some of the best times that I've had watching football because Idaho was not great. ULM was not great. Uh, this was just like I think I think maybe like the quarterback was like Andy Chance or something for you alone. Yes. Uh, yeah, and yeah, uh, we were on the student side, which is right behind the Idaho bench. And I think like one of the games, it was either two thousand two or three, if I can remember. Uh, maybe two thousand one. I again, I'm old. I don't remember exactly, but we just kept making fun of Idaho and potatoes the entire game. And like the players kept going back and forth. And I think ULM won the game that year. Then the next year they came back and I think Idaho got revenge and they, they kind of remembered all of them, which is fun. Idaho is, Idaho is a blast. If we can, if we can get them back in the Sun Belt, it would be ridiculous, but I, I definitely have to make a trip to the Kibbe Dome for sure. Yeah. In fact, I just want looking at your, your, uh, your Twitter feed, you seem to have a holy reverence for the Kibbe Dome. Like it, it's a, like almost like some kind of Mecca building for you. I I mean, this was great. I also just went on a trip last week, uh, a little bit of a pilgrimage to Pocatello, uh, the site, a uh, Holt Arena where ULM won the 1987 national title. So I did a pilgrimage to that uh, site. I just wrote about 4,500 words for that. That should be coming out probably Wednesday, I would say October 4th. So I was able to go up there, which was uh, magical. They stormed the field when Idaho State beat Northern Colorado. Uh, like both of them were zero and three, and so this is, it was it was incredible, a great experience to do that. Uh, but just going up there and having, you know, the the Kibbe Dome is a magical place. It's it's that weird stadium that you loved in like NCAA, 
you know, 2014 or whatever, like you would just take it, just go play in that weird dome. Um, and like anything that's a weird stadium, I, we love it. Like weird sight lines. Uh, I don't know if anybody knows the, the CFB campus tour guy on Twitter where he always finds the obstructed view seats. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's, we, we had, uh, I think we were on like a, a video of with him last year too, but he finds all those. We love it. He's, he's a madman just traveling all over the place, but yeah, all the weird stadiums, all the weird sight lines, all the, all the stuff is just very unique. And I mean, we're a big fan of the waterfall in Jonesboro too. <laughs> Man, we put a lot of effort into that. So what's the funkiest place you've been to for watching a football game? And it doesn't necessarily like the best or the most story. Well, just a place where that was just like there's something odd about it that just kept your attention. Well, I mean, I, again, I just went to Holt Arena, which was, I mean, the the stadium itself was just, it's sideways. It's a sideways dome. <laughs> the dome is sideways. Like yeah. it's it's it goes this way, and the field goes this way. So like the Kibbe Dome <laughs> is like, like normal, plus. right? It's normal <laughs> yeah. that way. It's sideways, and the goalposts are like hooked to the ceiling. There's not <laughs> even a center. There's not even a center thing there. Same the Kibbe Dome has the same thing too. But like there's there's not the the pole that goes into the ground. It's just hooked to the ceiling. And yeah, isn't the Kibbe Dome, don't they have it bolted to the wall on the back? Yeah, it's, yes. it's the same. Hanging, yeah. It's it's hanging. Both <laughs> of them are just hanging. So like Idaho has the weirdest stadiums. You got the Kibbe Dome, you got Holt Arena, and then you got the blue turf. I mean, just the, the weirdest division one stadiums that I could think of. Uh, you know, the I mean, James Madison Stadium, I feel like, is incredibly beautiful for, like, almost too good for the Sun Belt, I think, at oh, some point. Don't <laughs> encourage them like that. Is there some it's, bricks or something involved? Half, like? They have that. They have half, that. Half is, it a, is it a man-made lake out there? Or is it, I mean, yeah. like, behind it? Yeah. Yeah, there's there's Newman Lake. It's next to the field. It's man-made. It's uh, It separates the stadium from sorority houses. And, oh. uh, yeah. <laughs> well they need that it's like a moat yeah it's a moat just <laughs> kind keep, of yeah keep the stadium away but i mean there's like marshall stadiums is is very nice um i the weird funky stadium of georgia state like the the way they retrofitted it yeah like turn, i mean that's 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 great that, i mean just having like unique stadiums and, and something like this um you know malone malone stadium is is i i love the one side is just incredibly gigantic and then there's like nothing in between you could always see like brown stadium in the background when you kick the field goal <laughs> like the track in the background when you go in the one direction and then like just normal bleachers on the other side so it's like just a giant one-sided stadium uh and it's it's incredibly tall like i i don't even know how tall like the one side is just so tall the other side is just like here's just like a double deck that's it normal <laughs> it's incredible uh, I think was the other one um, again. South Alabama's one in in Mobile, uh, fancy. They got like a Michelob Ultra party deck or something. I mean, it just it, it's strange. I, I kind of miss Lad Peoples a little bit. I miss. Uh, I that. love Lad Peoples. It's just asbestos and concrete <laughs> and steel, and you come away with like bacteria infections and that flesh eating amoeba. But you love it because it's just football. There's it's, no like party deck. There's barely any concessions. We were there for a bowl game. They ran out of concessions at by halftime. They have like a card table with premium spirits that you can buy, like a rum and coke. It is. I thought Lad Peoples was the most charming of the Sunbelt. Uh, uh, yeah, stadiums. Lad. Lad had 
that had had a lot of charm. I mean, it was around in like the fifties and stuff, and 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 Alabama was playing games in it uh, when they yeah. do their regular weird Alabama tour. Uh, I mean, like I've never been to Troy Stadium. Uh, I I do want to get there uh, one day. I haven't gotten to that. Also, I haven't here's been to the states. F- Statesboro. Here's the but... feature of, of of Troy. And if you talk to SID Adam Prendergast, yeah, it's a tradition in Troy that they have the cooler. Every Coke product you can think of is in that cooler, oh. all the way from Mellow Yellow to Pib Zero, oh. Fresca Tab. Oh. Wow. Every Coke product is in this cooler. That's weird. When I was in Pocatello, I was impressed by them having Fresca also. So I, <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I was like, wow, they got Fresca up here. This is fancy. <laughs> Old Dominion might be worth a look. It's it's a nice stadium, but they when they restarted football, they kind of had to fit a Division One stadium into the neighborhood they were already in. Oh, yeah. There's houses, there's houses around it. And so basically the end zone seating is one gigantic block of bleachers and it just looks like a just looks like a like i don't know aluminum reflector when nobody's in there and it's it's, uh it's interesting to check out it's it's i I mean there's a lot of stadiums i I would love to go and of course boom um you just want to go to boom just yeah i mean you want to go to boom when the leaves are changing and everything like that just to go uh, that that's phenomenal, and I don't I don't want to upset. We used to make fun of Boone though because they were like yeah. one of the last old school football fields that had the track around. Yeah, <laughs> and they got rid of it. It was oh, it was horrible because that was fancy. like a distinct feature. It was. It was. It's. It, it, it. They got a little too fancy, I guess. But yeah. yeah no, it's. Themselves. It's no. It's okay. They they moved up. It's. I mean, it's yeah. a great place. I mean, I think like apps like baseball field is incredible too uh like just an incredible view but i mean they're they're up there in the appalachian mountains so i mean appalachian i don't even know if i said it right whatever but they'll come after me and and get upset in the mentions for sure yeah you know shane has already pissed off the appalachian (laughs) state crowd enough so really okay i feel like we've been cool for about a year now okay (laughs) i keep trying to build up the fire a little bit yeah yeah. Well, I mean, we could talk about how bad, you know, the the uh the Cajun stadium there. I can really get them upset and you know. I mean, no, they're one of the weirdest fans. They could be super quiet. They might just be standing in your backyard. You just I, I look, I mean, I I know we have the the rivalry between like both sides, which I've I've you know, made that drive uh down like 165 and 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 whatnot to to get back and forth to Lafayette and Monroe which is I mean it's it's a it's a fun rivalry I love it um you know the 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 name change thing which is just fun to do it's great uh in my head personally I'm just like okay it's still like northeast and southwestern and I'm like just just, I mean, can we just be called Northeast? Uh, I'm sorry, North Louisiana, and just go back to NLU. I mean, that'd be cool. Um, and y'all can keep your Louisiana or whatever. You can just be South Louisiana, whatever. I don't, I don't know. All these young kids would be like, "What the hell? We don't know." What, what is this? What is this? <laughs> but the old timers love that man. They all want to go. I mean, just they. I mean, they. Uh, I seriously, they made the name change six weeks into my first semester. At, at, at NLU. So that's how old I am. Six weeks. The funny thing is, my roommate just had that day they made the announcement. 
he just put a bumper sticker on the car that had Northeast Louisiana, and they changed the name <laughs> that day. And he couldn't take it car. off. He was, he was so bad. It was a Chevy Corsica. It was crap anyway. <laughs> I don't know. That, I guess it makes it like an antique right away, right? Yeah. That been pretty cool. I want that bumper Automatic sticker. Automatic antique. <laughs> so all the craziness, though, of college football – Oh, yeah. Where's been the place that or, or the game that you you remember the most and, and, and has kind of that odd twist to it? Oh man. Like in person? Yeah. Okay. Um there's one that I went to probably with my dad in like 2016. It was it was uh first time I was able to go to Yulman. So I went back home to New Orleans and I got to go to Yulman and like Tulane just couldn't put SMU away. And then, like, SMU stole the win at the very last second, and they just, like, ran off the field. And then the problem is, like, Yulman's so small, like, they're off the – you could still hear them celebrating when they ran off the field because you're exiting the same exit as them. That was that was, that was was a wild one. I've been to a couple UTSA, UTSA games uh, in the Alamo Dome, which can get very loud, um, even if they only fill up the, the lower because the whole thing is just concrete. It's it's incredible. The most sickos game that I've been to, I think, was when it was Texas State and ULM. And it was like a Thursday night game. And I think the final score was like 13-3. And like ULM just fired the coach the game before. And then this was the game before ULM goes to Hawaii and then gets in trouble for spending all that money incorrectly. Uh, and it was just the... We were like right by the press box, so like we could hear the ESPN people. Like, what are they doing? Like, why are they not going for it? classic ULM? <laughs> I mean, it was just like, oh, yeah, what a bunch of boobs. I was, I was just like, uh, I can't even remember. Uh, was I think was was it Todd Barry got fired, or yeah. was it? I think that's what it was. Um, but yeah, the my moments really with with ULM is, is kind of just watching. Um, the Arkansas game in, in 2012, that was incredible. I still don't believe that happened. Oh, were I, you at that game? No, uh, I was, I was not. Oh, uh, okay. You were in Little Rock. I was. Oh, you were at yes. that game? Oh man, I was in Jonesboro at the time. A State had beat um uh, Memphis, and I was on a little high from that. And we yeah. went out for a victory dinner just in time to watch the ending of that Arkansas game at the bar, and everybody's cheering because everybody hates Arkansas in Jonesboro. And or most people do. And so that was just an awesome night. That was a great night. Thank you for that night, guys. I appreciate that. You're welcome. I, I went to, oh my God, like the worst blowout game I've ever been to in my life. I went to Neyland Stadium to watch ULM play Tennessee in like 2000, oh. I think. The rain game. And the, the rain game. It was insane. Like, like Tennessee had just lost like a heartbreaker to Florida the week before. And they were mad as hell. So it's like 110,000 people in there, 100, like 700, 8,000, whatever. And it was 70 to three was the final. I, I can't hear Rocky Top anymore ever again. It was just, it was too much. Uh, I think ULM got a field goal in the second half to make it 49 three. Uh, and then that was, that was pretty much it. It's so bad. It was fun though. The commission's gonna hang around and recap the week there, Jeremy. Even I, though I, I you're not passing the bottle to him. So he he he's he's trying to pack up. 
the bottle stays with me. <laughs> I, I don't share my drinks. They all go inside my. They all go inside me. <laughs> well, I don't know why you're drinking. You you got the the next P five win for the conference when the Red Wolves went to UMass and beat the <laughs> Notre Dame Conference Minutemen. That's right. 52-28. I didn't see a single lick of that game. I did watch it on the on the ticker just for you, Jeremy. And of course for the show. I watched the I watched I I I had it in the quad box the entire time. I I tell you what, it was an interesting uh thing to watch. Jalen Rayner threw six touchdowns that game. Uh did a lot of running as well. It was you know, I was thinking the Minutemen might be able to put up a little bit more offense, but I, they brought back their old quarterback who had won that first game uh, against New Mexico State in week zero. Don't ask me to pronounce his name. It's like Pontchartrain or something like that. I swear he's from Louisiana, Tibbs. It's, it's, yeah. I believe it's Tyson uh, Pumachan. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, Congrats. Yes, I, we needed I, the hope, guest guy. I, I hope I got I, it right. I think that's perfect. But... But uh, he was coming back from injury, wasn't running as well as he usually runs. I think he ran for like 90 yards that first game and really powered uh, UMass in that game. Wasn't really there for Arkansas State, but Arkansas State looked great. You know, uh, Jalen Rayner ended up being the Sunbelt Player of the Week. Uh, Very exciting times. We get Troy next week. We'll see how that works. Will the Red Wolves ever lose again, I think is the question at this point. No, no, absolutely not. It's in the books. (laughs) Yeah, Halloween baby, you gotta you gotta come I, to my house. Look, they 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 played Stony Brook, and when the two wolves matched together, they the power them. they yes. combined. You know, there's two combined. wolves. So now they're every man. Two, two one's wolves. a sea they, wolf. One's they, a one's red. So, sounds like an Amazon T-shirt. <laughs> it sounds like a Skintamax movie. <laughs> oh, I know, I I know we're ticking the box movie. for explicit language <laughs> now, Jeremy. Yeah. I might have watched that movie in in my dorm room back in Arkansas State, and it was a little fuzzy, but I managed to make out most of it. That's because you were squinting. The other non conference game, I thought the Cajuns had it. They dropped the bag. They fought a Minnesota 35 24. Not a bad showing, just too much gophering in the second half to really get it but i thought that the cajuns actually showed out and showed a pretty good showing there before they get to have this week hosting the viva la boob cats but what are your thoughts there on that tibbs they should have won that game uh and, and they were uh, up it was 17 10 at, at halftime for whatever reason 17 14 but 17 14 my bad but whatever reason, they kind of abandoned the run game. Said, "Hey, let's put the ball into our freshman quarterback's hands on hit. Let's him win the game for us." And mainly threw two interceptions that resulted in Gopher touchdowns. I was actually disappointed, Tibbs, in the way they handled that second half. I really thought that they had that game, and they did look like the superior team until that second half when they just sort of fell apart. Yeah, there was a backbreaking interception, and that you know Minnesota came out took the lead, which you expected them to do. And then, you know, they fail on downs. Then, oh, but they were able to stop Minnesota. And then the next drive, the interception, and the Minnesota cashes it in. Now you're chasing. You're 28-17. Uh, and they could just never catch up from that point. And, you know, when you have a couple one-play drives with interceptions, it's just never a good thing. <laughs> so, no, it kills not, the not good. offense. Not good. Live, laugh, and point. So the, the, the Cajun... 
the Cajun Navy could not row the boat. Or pull the rope. I see what you did there. That's pretty good. (laughs) Jumping into Sunbelt Conference action. The game that, that really surprised me to kick off the schedule, Troy going to Hotlanta and Darren Granger just really unable to get it done. Troy rolls out of the Hotlanta 28-7 winners. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, Granger took a beating. Mm. <laughs> I mean, we talk about him to get it done. We talk about him kind of having to carry uh, Georgia State. And, you know, Troy knew that, and they put the hits on him all, all night long. And, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see if if Georgia State can find something else to uh, carry them this year because – Granger's is only one guy. Yeah, I thought Marcus Carroll was going to be that guy, but uh, yeah, they need more than they need more than Granger, and they need more than Marcus Carroll for sure. Yeah, Troy's defense is just incredible. I, I mean, they're everywhere, all the time, and just all over you, and and make life hell. And 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 Granger did not have a fun time, uh, not at all. I I don't think I would either. So. Yeah, I think uh, I think Troy knocked him out of the game for a little bit, right? I mean, he was he was sort of down for the count, had to come back in. But yeah, that Troy defense looked legit this week. It does like some weeks it doesn't look so legit. You know, some weeks they 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 seem to have some problems, but they seem to be I don't know gelling up. Is that the Tibbs? Is that a correct word? Uh, correct phrase? Are they gelling up? Uh. In what context? I don't know. I feel like, like I'm on a spelling. In the max context. Can I get a definition, please? <laughs> Is it like those Dr. Scholl's commercials? Like they're gelling. <laughs> they're gelling. They are absolutely like gelling. gelling. Just like like Magellan. But yeah, okay. They are. Let's bring that back from what 2000. God, I don't know. 21? I'm old, man. I just, I, just, I just like what I don't even know what it was. It seems but, like but, yesterday, but it, it was, does. If somebody it said does. it was five years ago, I'd be like, yeah, I guess it was. That's about right. No. <laughs> <laughs> probably like 20 years ago <laughs> still quoting a stupid dr Scholl's commercial but yeah no the defense is 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 coming together and i don't know i feel like they're i mean they had to have a new coordinator so maybe it took a little bit of time to to get things to gel we'll just we'll go with that phrase but yeah they look they look really really good and and georgia state couldn't do anything offensively at all Shane. You got a great haircut there. Did did you abandon the mullet after Grayson calls four interception weekend? <laughs> I I stopped trying to grow it, and I I stopped pissing teal. I I was just uh just what, devastated. What is what is going on in Conway that Grayson McCall had never thrown more than two interceptions in his entire career for the shunts for this weekend? Still somehow managed two ninety nine and one touchdown. But uh, is 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 the rain over for the sea chickens? I think one thing you see, I mean, you can kind of look across the entire college football landscape is a lot of guys are good quarterbacks, but you've got to be in the right system. And I don't know if, you know, it, it's still early, but, you know, Grayson McCall's not in the system that made him a star right now. Yeah, you know, I think the knock on Tim Beck's offense right now is that's boring and vanilla. And Grayson McCall is not a boring and vanilla quarterback. He's a guy that makes stuff happen. I don't know if there is a battle of philosophy going, or is it just 
Coastal Carolina is his time has come. They had that good run. They now their talent has moved on, graduated, gone to the NFL, whatever. But uh, I think that I think the chickens are cooked. I, they they don't seem to have it this year. Yeah, Coastal, I mean, they just feel like a normal team. They don't feel like the fun, free, freewheeling chickens out there in Myrtle Beach, just just going crazy. They don't feel the same way. They they feel like they're trying to go straight. I guess like they they're they're, yes. they're buttoned up. <laughs> they're 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 ready for like a job interview or something. I don't know. No if more like, mullets. Back, no more stashes. No more mullets. Yeah. No more oh, stashes. Yeah. There's there's nothing weird that that that's coming out of there. It it feels just like I don't know. Almost they're trying to go like NFL a little bit. Like they're just buttoned up. The I mean the the field's still teal, but it's yeah. just like that's really the only thing that's there's no like showmanship. There's nothing crazy or wild. There's not this crazy incredible late pitches on options or anything like that. It's Commissioner just... Sicko has completely nailed it. They yeah, become I, normal. I, it's yeah, like it's, when SpongeBob became normal. It's, it's yeah, so I don't I don't yeah. know what happened. Going it's, it's straight, like, I think, is the perfect way to say. It. Yeah, yeah, they, they've you know, they, I, I don't know if you know Tim Beck, Tim Breck, Tim Beck made them go corporate. They have, they all have yeah. LinkedIn profiles now. Uh, <laughs> I really say like the coordinator, the defensive coordinator leaving Coastal and going to Georgia State. Um, he's kind of crazy and wild. I, I I I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but him going to Georgia State. Um, kind of changes their little bit of their defensive philosophy too. So they're not, again, they just feel normal buttoned up. Like they just graduated college and they're trying to get a job. It's just, it's not the crazy wild fun that we were used to. And it, again, they're just, they just feel normal and it doesn't feel right. You know, what's fun, funny to me though, it feels like Georgia Southern's kind of normal too, in that they're very buttoned down and professional but normal in a way, they just kind of crush you. You know, it's like all their plays seem to be run very well. Their defenses run very well. Their plays are executed very well. It's like I, they don't, they're not like Coastal was, which Coastal was like the mullet band. Yeah. You know, Georgia Southern's just like this suddenly, this team that's just good on both sides of the ball. And they got this coach that just came out of, you know, this, the, I don't know, the, the, the P5 universe buttoned them all down like like got rid of the guy that allowed guys to jump on top of the bus and chug a beer said we're getting rid of all of that we're gonna be buttoned down and it somehow worked for georgia southern we we talked about it before you know we wondered what was going to happen when georgia southern uh changes their identity and what and what we thought was going to happen at georgia southern is kind of happening at coastal with the change in identity and it's not working there it worked and it worked in statesboro for some reason Plus is minus and minus is plus. <laughs> everything's just, different. <laughs> everything shifted from from South Carolina to Statesboro. It just everything just got. The, it, it's it's like the movie where they switch bodies. Yeah, that's what it kind of feel like. Yeah. <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> you, you had me at switching bodies. I guess what is that sixteen? <laughs> the power of 30? Eagle Creek. <laughs> but I no Clay Helton. He feels like unleashed. I guess a little bit in Statesboro. Yeah. He feels. I don't know. It feels like he was being somebody else when he was at USC uh, and trying to be, but then it, it just feels like he's just 
he's 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 kind of back in his element in the South. Uh, and just I love all their quarterbacks. Like last year, Cal Vantrese was amazing. Yeah. And we have like metrics, which we call the Detmer um, for the Sickos Committee, which is basically it, it's just quarterbacks who just throw the ball without a care in the world. And Davis Brennan this year for uh, he was on the top of the charts, which we have to run it again because he had he had three touchdowns uh, and no interceptions. So uh, that may actually drop him in our charts. <laughs> you know, it's almost like like uh, uh, McCall became Wisconsin Davis uh. Brennan. Yeah, like, kind of, they switched bodies. They, oh they, everybody switching bodies. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Body snatchers. It's a- 14 seconds in, Jeremy. Yeah. Viva La Boobcats had a 100-yard touchdown return. Ismail Maldi. And they never looked back. Picking up a road win at the Rock over Southern Miss. I think these Boobcats are for real. They're for yeah, they're real and spectacular. You know, there it's. I think there was forty-two to ten at the at halftime, and then the Bobcats got a little relaxed and sort of let Southern Miss get back in it. In fact, I think they were down maybe a score kind of late. Yeah, it was late. Yeah, forty-two thirty-six. Yeah, it looked like oh my god, Southern and this Uh Southern Miss did at Arkansas State too. They 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 erased a seventeen-point deficit in the third quarter. And it looked like maybe Southern Miss might come back and maybe w- people would like Will Hall again. And then they just sort of run out of steam in the fourth. But yeah, that that Texas State team, that uh, GJ, man, he's got it going on there. You know, we thought maybe, you know, it'd be kind of a down year with all the word caps coming in. Nope. it's <laughs> They look like they might be the, the best in the West right now. They, I mean, he, he basically left San Antonio incarnate word and just went right up the interstate to to San Marcos, which is is like less than an hour away, and well, uh, unless there's uh, normal traffic, it's like an hour and a half. Uh, but but really, he took a lot of that with him, and they had an incredible offense in the FCS, and they they probably should have made the FCS title game last year. Uh, they just fell short in in Fargo, but I was thinking maybe they would take a little bit of time to ramp up. But he worked the portal really well. I mean, you got you got a P five quarterback leading you, and I mean his offense is working great. It's incredible, and I, I was you know hoping that you know they would not necessarily be uh, that great this year, and and maybe ULM could steal the win. But I I don't I don't know. We'll, we'll I think see. we all everybody in the East always sort of counted on the Bobcats. To- <laughs> kind of stay where they were and it's a good possible win and maybe schedule them for homecoming and would everybody be happy now we can't count on the boobcats for that it's it's disgusting yeah i know a week ago i wondered if the usm fan base had turned on will hall too quickly i i'm I'm wondering if i was wrong (laughs) i mean it's 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 a uh, it's falling apart fast and uh Hattiesburg Man, you, after you dip your head so much under, encouragement last week last yeah, year you dip your head underwater in twitter and you catch those will hall vibes right now and man they're ready they're ready to throw them out i'm like God, give the guy a break ed orgeron to to hattiesburg yes i mean come on but the bright spot <laughs> for the eagles frank gore continues to just dominate and do frank gore things two touchdowns 123 yards is he probably the best back in the Sun Belt ever? Ever? Oh. Ever. 
I'm going to throw ever. I don't think so. I think he's a, I think he's a top three. My top is still Alfred Morris. I love how Sunbelt legend, Alfred Morris, boy. Yeah. Alfred Morris. There's, there's a lot of good running backs. I'd have to look at, at career stats. I, I cannot have that. I cannot recall that off the top of my head uh, i will tell you one thing about frank gore jr though man when he hits you that's not it's not i mean when you hit him it's not over it's like your body bounces off of him and then he gets another five or six yards that guy his yak is probably the best i've seen amongst any uh running back for the Sun Belt. uh maybe beyond elijah mcguire i don't know i, I I got we we gotta do our research on this, Tibbs. You gotta assign yeah. us a homework assignment here so we can have an intelligent discussion. We'll 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 ask Chat GPT. <laughs> they they would do it for us. <laughs> yeah, totally. They would definitely do it for us. AI will will give us all the answers. And if it says anything about Arkansas State, I know it's rigged. It did not learn correctly. ODU up twenty one to three over what? the herd. Only to then surrender a 28 to seven point swap there. The Huff shuffle shuffles on the herd still undefeated with the 41 35 win. I don't know what the hell happened in that game. I I really have no idea because old dominion was just dominating. ODU was nothing. I had this game on too. nothing but bangers. Like they only could score from like so far away. It's it just their touchdowns. I, I went over this on our podcast, but their touchdowns were just incredible. I, I just, oh my God, just so, so great. Like, I mean, their first 66 yard touchdown run, 19 yard uh, touchdown pass, 70 yard touchdown run, 69 yard touchdown run, 75 yard touchdown run. That That's how they scored. The only problem is they gave up a pick six that was returned for 85 yards. Uh, so again, just, just ODU is, is, is crazy. And then Marshall does this thing in the third quarter. It, it reminds me of the golden state warriors. I don't know how many times they've done it so far this year, but they drop like 21 points on you in the third quarter out of nowhere, <laughs> just randomly. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing, it's almost like ODU sounds like they're just allergic to the red zone, that they should just have that big play offense and just make that their brand. But uh, also, Cam Fancher, he he struggled early, early uh, interception in that game. You know, Cam, we kind of expected that from him, but then ended up uh, leading that team, right? Uh, I mean, in that third quarter, 21 points, it was mostly Fancher, right? Yeah, I think so. And and here's a crazy stat that that I still can't believe. Jack okay. Shields, quarterback of of Old Dominion, ninety five yards passing, one TD, three picks. <laughs> and you know what? Shields was the guy who replaced. Uh, oh, I forget the name of the guy before last game because the it's last Grant Wilson. Yeah, Grant Wilson threw like four picks. Yeah, What's going on? it's <laughs> Old Dominion. It's we talked about it before in the spring press conference, Ricky Ronnie basically promised they had a transfer quarterback coming and he never arrived. And this is what they're left with. It's, it's rough. Yeah. There's where the transfer. Why couldn't we draw ODU this year? 
That's what I want to know. I don't know, man. It'd probably be another wild game. (laughs) The Warhawks way. The Warhawks way schedule like three power five teams in the, uh, we have the defense. We could win four to three. But sure. ODU is going to beat somebody with a 90 yard broken play, a, a scoop and score, and a pick six, and they're going to beat somebody that way. They, they play Southern Miss next week. So that could happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All I know is ever ever since we failed to record the Monarchist podcast, even though they're on the show, we failed to record them. They did the whole show, we didn't hit the record button. ODU hasn't won since. Yeah, oh, no. we did. <laughs> we have cursed them. Oh, oh, no. Yeah, and it, it was a great segment. It yeah, was, uh, they were huge. It huge was awesome. on the quarterback, and they were huge on the team. Oh, nobody saw us coming. We're the best, you know. We tried to tell everybody, and then we screwed them. We ruined their mojo. And I still get texts. Hey, did you hit record this week? <laughs> oh wait, did you hit? Oh, okay. I, I see the little red dot. Yeah, so okay. I think we're good. Thank, thank <laughs> the fight in Shane Metlins rolled on, <laughs> even though Kurt Signetti was not happy about his team's performance, saying that McLeod had some bad habits that needed to be coached out of him. I mean, That's the so Dukes did win, but they did definitely have to hold on in that second half, getting the 31 23 win over South Alabama. The Jags are dead to me. Not only because it's ULM week, but I, I I can't I can't deal with them anymore. I'm done with them. Done. Love you, Governor. Yeah, Jags look terrible. But Shane, let me tell you something. Yeah, we we kind of made a deal about the uh, Duke's pass defense. Like the secondary's young and they make mistakes. Oh, you can pass on the Dukes. Well, you can't pass on the Dukes if the defensive line is constantly harassing the quarterback. I think that's what Carter Bradley found out. And that's, I think, the entire strategy for JMU right now is, you know, don't let you run, disrupt some pass plays, and you're going to give up some big ones. But, you know, if you if you give up 300 yards passing and negative rushing yards, you still have a pretty decent chance to win the game. Absolutely. I mean, and I was watching the broadcast, and the announcers could not stop goo-gooing over that defensive line this is like a power five line they kept saying so they they cannot give you enough publicity about jmu being defensive line you yeah i mean except they've only got four guys who play on defense. i mean five i mean there's you keep wondering if they're gonna wear out eventually or I what mean, happens if one of them gets hurt but like i mean it's been incredible so far they just put another all-conference guy out of the stands and then Tibbs, yes, good God, South Alabama, man, breaking our hearts every damn year, coming out looking awful all the time. What is happening with Kane Womack? They couldn't even get his his uh his picture right on the broadcast. They kept showing the defensive coordinator calling him Kane. Yeah, and 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 I I forget who I was around at that game. I was like, the cameramen have a printout of what the coaches look like. So when they're talking about them, they know who to look for and zoom into. And no disrespect to th- this linebacker coach that they kept showing, but it was like the 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 Timu Kane Womack. I know. I kept thinking, oh my God, Kane must have gained like 100 pounds. I mean, that was my first time. But man, this season's taking a toll on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, this game was crazy. Which James Madison is 
I don't know what they keep doing. They get like a huge lead. And then they just like hang on at the end. I mean, they did it at Utah State. They did it here uh, against South Alabama. They basically survived Troy. Um, they got a bye week, and then they got Georgia Southern. So that should be interesting with the crazy passing attack. That that should be a really fun one on the 14th. I think that Georgia Southern game is probably the most dangerous game JMU has. And, man, you're right about that, Commissioner. Commissioner, the, uh, the JMU, I, I, I keep saying that's the best team in the Sun Dome. JMU is the best. You know, they, they're undefeated. Uh, you know, they, they've got all the, all the Sun Belt votes in the AP, but don't get me started on that. But anyway, uh, there are flaws to the team and mm-hmm. I don't, I can't identify where it is, Shane. Where is this flaw? It's not McLeod. It's not the defensive line. It's not the offensive line. Where is it? I don't They just haven't clicked for 60 minutes yet. They play four or five series where you think, yeah, they're going to go undefeated. And then, and then they'll play a third quarter where they look very average at best. And it's, uh, it's hard to figure out. Do it's others, just, the, 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 does the opposition kind of figure them out by the third quarter? Okay. Okay. This is what we need to do. Or is it just kind of Signetti saying, Hey, let's let these guys back in just to make it interesting. I don't think Signetti completely trusts McLeod yet, honestly. And he's not, he doesn't let him cook in the third quarter when they get a lead. I mean, they go conservative, they run the ball, they like don't throw it down the field. And, you know, he'll tell you, hey, I called three pass plays to start the second half and they just didn't go anywhere. But he's not, he's not letting it fly in the second half when they're up, when they're up 21 either. It's, uh, I think they get a little conservative because they don't trust McLeod the way they trust Santeo last year. Interesting. That's just something I, I something to watch for that I could see JMU getting a big lead and then somebody just just nipping them at the end uh, if they they catch it right. I just feel like the teams that they've played so far haven't figured it out quick enough. Uh, haven't figured out the defense quick enough, and you know because like those fourth quarters of the past couple of weeks just been a, a little bit too close for comfort. But definitely something to keep an eye on uh, and. I mean that that could be true. Just doesn't trust the the quarterback. Doesn't want to like risk anything big, and then you know just playing to to not lose the game may wind up doing it later. But it's just something that I have just patterns that you start to notice once you get into like week five, and you're like, okay, this team keeps doing this. Is this gonna? Is this their Achilles heel? Is this gonna get them at some point? Uh, just very curious to watch that. Yeah, they're either going to start blowing teams out or they're going to lose a couple of these types of games. In, in South Alabama, I I mean, I called them losing to Central Michigan on our podcast. I, I was like, they're going to lose to, to the Chips. Uh, they just blew out Oklahoma State. They're getting all this pub. It's a college. You know, they're not necessarily used to this yet. They're trying to build that. And, I, and, and Central Michigan beat them. Uh, and then uh, not realizing they had James Madison the week after, or they could have been looking ahead to James Madison and not paying attention to the Mac team that they had come into Mobile. So I don't know. Maybe they get back on track this week. I hope not, though. <laughs> <laughs> for the sake of one of us, at least. For the sake of, of <laughs> half of this podcast right now, right? <laughs> the finale. Ugh. The late game. We've got to almost. Oh, my God. You almost strikes again. I, I I didn't believe it when the Warhawks jumped out to the 14-0 lead 
And I was like, no way in hell there's going to be a win when there is the telegraphed pick six yeah. from the 23-yard line that was returned. But somehow they kept going. I think the real difference of this game, Jaira Wright gets the one-yard touchdown run. In that play, the right tackle goes down with a knee injury, probably done for the year. On the ensuing PAT, the right side, where he would have been, the guy squirts through, blocks the PAT. Luckily, it wasn't returned. That was the difference, was that one play. That in a horrible attempt at fourth and two late in the game. What was that? set up. Uh, oh, my God. I'm... <laughs> So, like, I'm not mad at the way the game lost. It, the, 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 what you mentioned, like, the pick six, I was just like, okay, we're not winning this game. This this was, like, up 14 nothing, and then, like, you know, App gets two plays touchdown, and then, like, the very next play, it's 14-14. You blink, and I'm like, okay. But then they just kept going back and forth, and I'm like, something something's going to happen. But that, that block PAT and the injury... Uh, oh, it, it hurt. I'm glad they didn't take it back for two because that happened like four times <laughs> on Saturday, which I had track of all of the ones that occurred. All, the twos. <laughs> all, the, all of the block PATs retired, uh, like block field goals. Retired. I mean, it was a it was an insane special team mishap weekend. And unfortunately, the injury, which I was like, oh, no. I mean, that and then they block it right after it. I'm like, oh, this is going to. This is like late in the game, you know it's gonna sting and you gotta overcome it. Um what what was the two point conversion play when they got it to 40-35? Like I I don't remember what they tried to run there, but they didn't get it when it was like 40 to 35. Yeah, I, I try to block out the pain. The the <laughs> other painful part on the game winning field goal. Oh yeah. Play clocks at zero before the snap. Oh, five yards yeah. and the, the the kick assuming he hits it the same way is probably scraping yellow it probably still goes in and just adds even more to the story but yeah what if that five yards was the difference yeah and you know look, we uh, gotta give credit to, to 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 the mountaineers no staying with that guy. i know it's hard <laughs> for you to do that but I, I think first of all, Mountaineer social media was going absolutely apeshit because they were they were ready to throw Sean Clark out of the airplane. They, they still already, want to. They, yeah, and they still <laughs> want to. like they were under they were under the replies of the field goals like, hey, I'm glad y'all won this game, but we are still upset. Yeah. Well that being said, that was a great kick. I think I think there was a, yeah. this idea that the Warhawks just are gonna suck. But we were talking about on the show. Uh, before the game, we were talking about the Warhawks are have good defense. You know, they, they're very strong on the defensive line. Jaya Wright played, except for the pick six, I suppose. I didn't get to see that. He was outstanding. He was running, mm. making plays. It seemed like all the confidence he didn't have early in the season, he, he's gotten back. He looks great. I was a little confused about the last drive for the Mountaineers, though. With Aguilar throwing, you know, making these short, quick passes, why the Warhawks weren't tightening that up? I mean, they were giving huge cushions to the wide receivers. I guess they didn't want to give up that big play, but still, I mean, he also got to prevent the field goal too. When when you play not to lose, yeah, you wind up not winning. 
Yeah. I mean, I think maybe they thought they kept him to having to kick a 54 yarder. It's a guy who, I mean, go back to the week before and how that game ended. I think if you're ULM, you probably feel decent about your shots if they're taking a 54 yarder to win it. And, um, just didn't work out. I, I felt bad. I, I felt simultaneously felt terrible for the Warhawks and very good. Felt very happy for, for the kicker at, for uh, App State because of the way last week went down. That is true. But, you you know, I didn't think he had a chance in hell to make it. But it looked like I didn't either. Goal from them. But, 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 but he, one he, thing you do have to credit the Mountaineers was sticking with that game. Down 14-0. They quickly catch up. Warhawks would not stop punching, just kept on scoring points, kept back and forth. I think Shane and I were on the on the Twitters going, God, you gotta watch this game. I'm sitting there wasting time with Georgia Southern and, and Coastal Carolina when I could have been watching that Warhawks uh, Mountaineers game from the beginning. Yeah, there's I mean, the two plays that stick out is the 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 one where the the one on the goal line, it, it's forty to thirty five or like forty to thirty eight, right? And I'm like, okay, I know Terry's gonna kick the field goal. Like Terry's gonna kick the field goal here, and I'm like, okay, you know, because Terry Terry is notoriously conservative, um, especially when he plays like Power Five teams. Like he will just try to get out of there as soon as possible. Uh, and I'm like, okay, he's gonna be conservative here. We kick a field goal. That's fine. Um, just gotta prevent a touchdown, which I have no faith in doing that. Then they go for it. I'm like, okay, fourth and two. And then they're in this weird formation that they're going to try to do the sneak and like, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles thing that they do or like, you know, Oregon State was doing it too. Like the sneak from the two. And I'm like, okay. And then, and then they try to do a play action pass, which the tight end leaks out and he's open. The only problem is like three guys are on Jaya right immediately. Yeah, they uh, have 15 guys in the box. I, I mean. You can't have 15 guys. You have. I swear. I, I, it, it seemed that way. There was a there was a lot of Mountaineers. Maybe maybe uh, Yosef was out there, too. The mascot. <laughs> the band, uh, some, the, some of the band out there. <laughs> some trombone. The trombone was out on the field. Uh, I, I don't know what that play call was. Um, and I don't necessarily know if he was trying to do, like, a naked bootleg or something. Because, like, he never looked up immediately. Like, I don't know what – he was still down, like, with the ball. I don't know if he, like, fumbled it or, like, he was just trying to hold it. I, I don't know what was supposed to happen there. And um, – You know what it's like? It's like <sighs> when you don't set your audibles and you're playing NCAA yeah. and you just hold square. Yeah. It just <laughs> – it just – you know, you hit the wrong button and – you know, you 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 accidentally kneel, and there's there's two guys all over him like immediately, and I'm like, what what is? They were ready for the play fake, and then they probably were ready for the. I mean, I don't understand. If it's from the one, fine. From the two, no, I don't think. Uh, the two is a little bit more obvious. You're gonna try to play fake it, I think. See, this but, is what I'm loving right here. Yeah. The ULM consternation, the the upset stomach of the Warhawks given form, given human form right here. <laughs> it's fun. Fuck? I'm here. I'm here every seriously, week. Seriously. <laughs> like the, the thing for me personally is, is like when I started the committee or whatever in, 
I knew there were other ULM fans out there on like my personal profile, my personal Twitter. I, I jokingly have in my profile, like the internet's only ULM fan. <laughs> and it, it, it kind of feels like that sometimes. And I'm just like, the only time, like I had a lot of fun on Twitter is when like 2012, when they beat Arkansas and they nearly beat Auburn and they nearly beat Baylor. Uh, you know, there's, there was, there's, there's very few times that you kind of feel like a lot of people are talking about your, your team. And you know, doing the committee thing is, is fun because everybody knows, you know, my affiliations. I do have even have like an old school hat here. There it is. You know, nice with some 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 camo. Of course, you got to have that here. Yeah, so, of course. Yeah. You know, got to have a little camo. But like, ah, uh, it is just, it's frustrating because the margins for ULM are always so thin. Like they are so so thin. Like one little mistake. I'm watching the 54 yard field goal and like they're jumping, but they're jumping straight. And I'm like, you need to jump to the side because he's trying to kick it that way. <laughs> like they're jumping straight over the center. And I'm like, no, he has That's to angle it, <laughs> jump this way because they probably could have blocked it with their jumps. If they were just like a person over like they, you know, the hole to where he has to kick it from slide over like one or two players and jump and you probably blocked it because it's a low and he just sneaks it right past and nails the field goal it the field goal it, it hurt it stung it, it you know i i lost the ulm bet on my uh on our podcast the sickos committee podcast which oh. i had to I had to drink some moonshine for that one oh, so well once uh, again another loss that sounds like a win to me oh uh, no this it, it was just it wasn't the flavored one it was the white lightning oh, oh i love geez. that shit Whew. like a hundred <laughs> clean your teeth a hundred proof Put hair uh, on chest like, shot on uh, it i made an ugly face when i took it last night uh but but no it was it's just three and one you're halfway to a bowl after four games feels way better than two and two and losing like this. If, if they would have lost normally by like maybe 10, 14 or something like that, you know, and and you lost your $10 instead of you winning your $10. I, I, uh, I got my 10 bucks from bet. I feel like, I feel <laughs> like it, it would be better. The one thing I'll say about ULM's defense is for some odd reason, I, I don't want to jinx this. I am knocking on so much wood in here. Is they can turn the other teams over, um, yeah. and they force five turnovers against Army, which I know Army was trying to use their new offense or whatever, but they forced five. They they forced four here against App, and to just maintain it. If they didn't throw the pick six, if they didn't fumble, they did get the ball right back after that one fumble. They didn't do that. They didn't make those mistakes. The game's probably different, and maybe ULM has a comfortable two-possession win, maybe, instead of losing in this fashion. But, again, the margins are so thin for the Warhawks, always, always, every year. Warhawks are going to be that really bad but dangerous team in the Sun Belt this year. Hey, Commissioner Sicko, thank you for <laughs> sticking around <laughs> and thank you for helping us break down this week. It was yeah. awesome. You had penetrating analysis i watch all the games man and this is not it's not false advertising we watch everything i have 
I have like the quad box with all the ESPN plus games and whatnot. I have like tablets, laptops. I got two kids running all over the place in front of me. I got the, the eight month old and then the six, the six year olds actually like mimicking what he sees on TV. So he's jumping all over and he has like the fake Franklin helmet and footballs and stuff like that. But yeah, it's, it's fun. I do it. We have a whole bunch of committee members that also tweet. So it's just not, not me. We have probably about five to eight tweeters um, throughout the, and they're watching a lot more games. And then it's just something that I enjoy Sunbelt football a lot. It's, I mean, really been with it since the inception of the conference. And I mean, if you want to bring the Vandals back, I don't know if they'll come back, but you know, the Vandals maybe are coming back. <laughs> they're not invited. Get the Vandals back. They, we could bring back New Mexico State too. How about that? Yep. Just no. Then we gotta tech. have balance no, on the East, though. No, we gotta have balance. No, on the east. no Louisiana text. No Louisiana tech. Maybe, maybe we can get UMass for the East. No. Just <laughs> Army, UMass, Idaho, I mean, New Mexico State. Nothing but insanity now. <laughs> I mean, you know, just maybe throw Maine in there. Why the hell not? Get the Black Bears up there. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.